This is 30 Minutes of Pride, where LGBT misconceptions are finally outed. Do you dress gay? Like, is that even a thing? Bill laugh, but I'm a brass knuckles. Debate. I would actually strongly disagree with that. Entertain and educate. I received 10 times worse bullying from gay people than straight people in my life. Hello, darlings. I hope you're going to have a fabulous flight. It's not just our pride. And I chose you as my friend because you're it's yours. Start taking off the clothes. Exactly. <laughs> well, who's Shirts clothes? out already. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Welcome to 30 Minutes of Pride, the show dedicated to bringing LGBT issues and lifestyle topics to your ears. I'm your host, Jamie Balligan. With me today is TV producer Adam Abrashi, writer Bryce Sage, graduate student Fred Besick, and public administrator Evan Donahue. All right, guys, so today I want to talk about being gay in the workplace. Adam, you work at a TV studio. How do you feel about coming out as gay? Do you identify with that? Do you think it's better to keep it to yourself? Well, where I work, everyone is gay, <laughs> so it's kind of okay. Plus, I don't think Adam could pretend not to be gay. I, you know what? Um, in my first job in the building, not a lot of people knew that I was gay. And not a lot of people expected that I was gay. Like, they didn't suspect it, so. I just didn't talk about it, so it wasn't an issue. But then, as I got more comfortable, it kind of became apparent. And then you stop talking about boyfriend and boys, and then start hanging out with the makeup artists in the makeup lounge. You know, people start figuring things out. So it's actually about you feeling comfortable that you felt you could then come out? Yeah, plus like journalism and TV and entertainment, all those things kind of just cater to gay people so well that we're just essential to that medium. They can't live without us. Right. Did you ever get a sense that people harbored ill will towards gays? Not in my workplace, no. No. Actually, my boss is like... I don't even know if my boss is gay. This is, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I don't know if my boss is gay. Like, <laughs> she could be a lesbian, and I don't even know it, because she, all her friends are lesbian or gay, and... But she doesn't really have a boyfriend. She doesn't talk about that. But she's so gay-positive that she... Actually, I think she tries to hire gay people because she enjoys them so much. She actually put all the gay people in one, like, row of cubicles and offices, and she called it Church Street. Well, that's cute. Kind of cute, kind of offensive. <laughs> a bit. Depends how you see it. But yeah, we have a good work environment now. I actually find it interesting because what I've noticed over the years is that a lot of people that I work with actually are gay, both men and women. But I don't necessarily realize that until you talk to them more and actually connect with them on a bit more of a personal level. I'm just guessing here, but I think that is because we try not to identify with our sexuality and that that's not why we're doing what we do. It's actually more about the service that we're providing and the job that we're doing. And I actually take a similar approach in that my sexuality is a part of me, but it's not when I walk into a room and meet new people in a different meeting, hello, I'm gay. It's something that comes out over time, but instead we're there to talk about the work that we're there for. Because you have a management position, do you think that keeping it, like keeping your sexuality, like not being so expressive about it, affects the way people respect you as a manager? I don't think so. Um, I'm going to go back to a similar point that we were talking about with Adam is comfort level. When you build up a rapport with either your direct reports, peers, or even those above you, that's when it comes out and that's when you do open up a bit more. Same with if you were straight. You don't necessarily instantly launch into my boyfriend and I did this or my girlfriend and I did that. It's again about building that relationship. Some people are a little bit more open from the get-go. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know a lot of people love talking about their boyfriend or girlfriend all the time, you know? Maybe I'm just cold. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju I just think it's interesting because when you think of applying just for a job and making cover letters and stuff like that, and if you say you've been working in a field that 
has a lot, a lot to do with maybe gay youth or um, gay writers, and you were say to apply for a job, would you want to necessarily put those experiences on your cover letter or resume? I have put on my resume, you know, um, experiences I've done in the community as a way to show that, you know, yeah, I'm gay, so <laughs> I could fill your quota <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. And that it could be kind of a, a way in. I don't know what you guys think about that. I totally agree. It's, I, I don't think homosexuality counts as a visible minority, despite how some of us might be extremely visible. But uh, I, I, I've certainly emphasized it on cover letters and in scholarship applications and stuff, and I think it's definitely been to my advantage. I'll play up the sympathy card that they probably have. You know, thinking that I, I grew up in a small town and I was the victim of all this gay bashing when I was, it was so hard for me to come out. Yeah, I'll totally play that out. Well, I think it's interesting because you were talking earlier about how the kind of discrimination has changed from something being very upfront to something more subversive. I haven't seen anything really upfront, but you do run into these barriers that, you know, you've got to question why, why are we having to jump through all these hoops when um, other people don't have to. And so, like, for example, um, I used to work with a queer student group at my university, and we would always have to go through all this extra bureaucracy crap just to get stuff done, like um, showing, screening a film, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. The manager of the building said we didn't have the copyright, and he was going to not allow us to show Rocky Horror Picture Show, even though every other organization at the university has shown films there. You know, it's hard to say, oh, you know, he's being homophobic, but you can't deny that there's this sort of edge underlying their, their decisions. Well, for sure, working on the documentary and talking to a lot of the scientists, a lot of them have said that it's much more difficult for them to get funding for any research that has anything to do with sexuality. It's a lot more controversial, or it's considered that way by the governing bodies. So in that sense, are they being outright discriminated against? I don't know, but it certainly is subversive. Yeah, because I would say, like, you can't really tell if it's their personal opinion or if that's, like, the actual fact within the organization, you know? But I think a lot of the times, personally, that it comes from people's personal points of view where they're just making a point of, like, being negative against you because they can, because they recognize you as being gay or whatever you want, like, whatever they're going to discriminate against you for. And I was going to ask, actually, when it comes to being in the workplace, do you ever feel that sense of competition with it, with other gay people? Because I, I felt it before when I'm, like, the one that they hire and I'm like, all right, I'm good, you know, I'm, I'm going to be good for a while. I made it through the barriers and then I see another gay and be like, you filled the quota. Yeah, I'm like, wait, so I'm like, am I getting a fire? Like, what's going, you know? like. But now I'm going to make this personal because I do know this about you. It's yeah. not just about the gay. It's yeah. someone else named Jamie or someone else that had another quality that you felt was yours. That was unique to me. Yeah, you would yeah. react the same way. You're talking well, about Jamie specifically? Yeah. Or just, that, this uh, is to me personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten personal uh, that, now. Yeah, okay. Okay, the Jamie thing for sure. Well, I think the good. thing you're describing goes back to what I was saying earlier, that the, that... that it, maybe it's not as violent or as awful as the cases of gay bashing that sometimes happen but are few and far between compared to just normal interpersonal competition. I don't think it's the, the job or the employer who, when he hires a second gay person, is going to f make them fight for one position. Yeah. Like, how often does one gay get fired? <laughs> I but think the gays <laughs> will think that way. Yeah. And I, I do think that that's valid. Well, there's a lot of gays in my office, but there's one in particular that we are friendly for a bit, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden became very competitive. We were both given a fair amount of responsibility, and then it became very competitive, for no good reason. And I don't know if it has anything to do with being gay, although it just felt surprising that, I think it has more to do with the fact that I'm younger than he is, and, and that's why. But there's definitely a tension there where he got snappy with me in, it, in, in public, too. 
um, in front of other coworkers, and it was just... I don't know, I think it's one of those situations where you feel like the gays should stand together. You know, like when women in the workplace should say, you know, the girls should stand together. Yeah. You know, why put each other down when we could be a united force? And sometimes I feel like, fuck, why do the gays tear each other down? Yeah. Like, we should stand up and then not deal with... Not be catty and just kind of work together. But at the same point, maybe Evan's point is right that if we don't want to be seen as gay, and entirely seen as gay, maybe it really shouldn't be that we all automatically stick together because the more we do that the more we are going to be associated with just being gay yeah it's hard to talk uh, high level about this because every um, area that you're working in is going to be so different in the relationships that you have between the people and the work itself but I think there's some truth to that like if you're a car manufacturer in northern Ontario you're not having this discussion about whether the gays are fighting you're like the only gay guy (laughs) and you're lucky you don't get shot like that's your mo when yeah, you're up there. So yeah, we're lucky. Exactly. We live in downtown Toronto. Yeah, and the number of companies that are based here, or at least have large headquarters, that get awards for being very equity focused and having programs in place for diversity and uh, places that they can go if they have issues. And pretty much every company that I can think of, I know, sorry, I'm going on a weird tangent here, but most Fortune 500 companies, they all seem to have some policy in place against discrimination and a number of other mechanisms in place. I guess this is all kind of very internal, right? We're looking at like a workforce where we're just talking with employees. I wonder how being gay in the work in the workplace kind of translate when you're dealing with customers and when you're dealing maybe outside that kind of small almost protective sphere when i'm serving i think you base it off of whoever your audience is you know but there are times where i turn it on full force because you know people you're like they think it's fabulous they think it's funny they think it's great and there's people who i talk to like if i'm serving a table of dudes i'm not going to be like so what do you do watch America's Next Top Model yesterday, you know? Jamie, that is stereotyping to assume that those guys are not into America's Next Top Model. They're Season not. 20 didn't even start yet. Um, <laughs> what I want to say, though, is one time I took an American Airlines flight, and the you know how like they do the announcements at the start? So we had this um, really uppity gay guy come on, and it was like really in the, early in the morning, and everyone mm-hmm. was groggy, and he picks up the, like, the speaker, and he's like, hello, darlings, I hope you're going to have a fabulous flight, and people died, like, the whole plane was in a good mood because of it, so he just, like, took it and ran with it, and we're all okay with it. I appreciate when people go all out and protect themselves. Sometimes. I I agree with Jamie that you do have to, I think, especially if you're, if you're dealing with clients or, or customers or whatever, it's pick your audience, Mm -hmm. or know your audience. So, uh, I have a question for you. I had been uh, for a job interview or applying for a position and I knew that being gay would get me a position. Have you ever done that before where you have used being gay to your advantage? Would giving my employer a BJ during the interview, would that count yeah. as disposing it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you done that before? Well, you pitched yourself as a gay personality when you did your doc, so obviously you've used gay. I, th- I think the gay doc is obviously an exception to the rule. Obviously. Why? No. Why is it? I guess, I you guess... You wouldn't do the doc. Okay, I, okay, you know what? I'll use the gay doc as an example. I don't think I could have pitched myself as the host of a doc if it was not about being gay. So because my doc is about the biology of homosexuality, I was a totally viable choice to be the host, despite yes. the fact that I don't have any experience as a host. So your gayness was... The well, le- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like if I was, for example, if I was pitching a documentary about 
evolution and science, but it was strictly about something that had nothing to do with homosexuality, I guarantee you there isn't a single broadcaster that would have said yes to me hosting it. The reason I was okay is because part of this documentary is going on my journey, sort of in a microcosmic way to learn about my origins and then the origins of gay men at large, right? Yeah, but any documentary hinges on the fact that you are, you know something about your subject matter. So it's not like you have a degree in science that you're doing this doc, it's because you know the gay lifestyle and this right. is your personal story. So if you were a scientist and happened to be gay, then you could do the other one. Have you ever done it before, Adam? I haven't. I've actually never, I don't think any employer's known that I was gay before they hired me. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think they would have. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know. There's nothing on my CV that would indicate that. There's nothing. Did you dress like that at your interview? No, much better, actually. Stop. No, that, that's a compliment. <laughs> to how well Stop he dressed. Stop bullying. <laughs> no, that, the point is that if Blow you dress me. well and you're... It, trust me, they knew. Oh, actually, one time I wore this, like, really nice navy blue blazer that had, like, white piping around the edges. The fact that you gay. know what white piping is. <laughs> it was pretty gay. It was pretty fabulous. <laughs> But it looked pretty sharp, too. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. No, I totally... I've always thought you have a very beautiful fashion sense. Um, <sighs> this is the part where I'm And therefore... <laughs> <laughs> they knew you were gay when you walked into the interview room. Anyway. Fred? I'm, I don't hide my experiences on my resume, so yeah. I'll, I'll put it down. Um, but your experience doesn't necessarily mean that you're gay. It just means oh, like, a lot of... Like, you know, helping gay youth find their whatever. Like, okay. a lot of it has, you know, LGBTQ pasted on the front of it so right. it's pretty obvious but like i said like a lot of the the positions i've been applying for have been in academia which is a very sort of sheltered environment um so i don't i don't i, I don't know if i would necessarily put those experiences in if i was say applying to something outside of that yeah. that sphere this is a couple years old but i remember reading an article and it was actually talking about uh some blind tests that they did and they had two equally qualified resumes that they put forward one had more of a gay flavor and some gay experience on it and one didn't and more often than not the gay one wouldn't go through to the next cycle but the straight the cv would and really yeah so the pink scented resume that i sent him <laughs> that's why i didn't get the job did it say what what um it didn't say what was? industry or anything no. but but i think that's important the industry i think that's oh, something very, that's really oh yeah important. I think it, yeah uh, it was about knowing the audience. But yeah, if I exactly. was applying to work on an oil rig <laughs> in Alberta, I wouldn't put like my LGBTQ experience at the help hotline or whatever yeah. down as like my first reference. Because that might help. That might not help. I don't know. I better go out of my resume, I guess. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like that's a reality show. I work on an oil rig. Oh my god, gay guy on an oil rig. Let's pitch Amazing. it. Amazing. TV. Oh my, yeah. that would actually be a good idea. And that's that, what we'll just call it: gay on an oil rig. Five gays on an oil rig. That has to have There's, something about drilling. Just say gay yeah, drilling. drilling. Drilling the gays. Right. <laughs> Almost so that, drilling. Okay. So and. <laughs> Okay, so then, on the flip side, if you ever found out that you were hired because you were gay, do you think you'd be offended? Yes. Because, again, this is... Sorry, I'm making this very personal here, but I would hope that uh, my experience and the expertise that I bring to the table is why I got a job, not because of my sexuality. You don't want to just fill a quota, right? You want yeah. to bring something. Yeah. Yeah. Say that was the initial reason why you were hired and you found it out later on. Would that affect your view of the company? It would change my view, and then it would depend on how everything else was going in the company. I might actually just say, you know what, it got me in the door and now things are great, but it would still, it would change my perspective. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I'm always surprised when I find out criteria for hiring. Uh, being on the other side of it now, I just I see the process happening. Mm -hmm. And simple things like, oh, I don't want to look at this CV because it's another girl and we have enough girls on our team. Mm -hmm. Weird things like that come into play. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter how experienced you are. Yeah. But I that's think after... Bad. That's pretty bad, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what, you, that's what happens in the workplace that you know, HR is not involved with that actually happens on the level of people hiring. But what's interesting is, what I think matters is when you go into the interview, it's if they like you as a person, regardless of yeah. what you are. That's what really matters. You just got to sure. get to that point. Right. right. Yeah. But, I mean, are they really going to hire you because they see, like, one reference to LGBTQ workplace on your CV? In the grander scheme of things, I would be slightly annoyed if I was hired for that reason, but I know that I'd have to still prove myself in the job environment, and, and that's what where it really counts. Mm -hmm. That being said, I wish we lived in a world that was honorable and you were truly measured on your real worth and merit, but the reality is affirmative action love it or hate it, it's been around for a long time. And knowing that, if if I can use my, my gayness to get a job, I absolutely would because I know people constantly use their ethnic background to get a job. I, I've seen so many applications that will actually have a, a questionnaire where you can fill out what uh, ethnic minority you, you belong to. Yeah. And I find that incredibly frustrating. I, having been rejected and being so pissed when I get rejected and assuming it's for reasons that couldn't possibly be the fact that I wasn't talented enough, I will take advantage of whatever I can, opportunity yeah. I can to... You have it flown it, right? I, you have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. if somebody else is going to, and if you don't, you and you don't get the opportunity, and you're sitting there not with the scholarship or not with the job, and you know somebody else got it because they leveraged something... Well, it's like the theory of snitching. If the two of you, two people are put in prison, you're going to lose if they snitch, or you can snitch first and get a better deal. So if there are multiple people going into an interview, you're going to assume that other people are going to play their cards. It really comes down to how bad you want that job and what you'll do for it. Start taking off the clothes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's Shirts off already. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> no, from my personal experience, you know, I got hired specifically once. Someone told me, like, my, the hiring manager told me to my face, they hired me because I'm black. I was like, we need, you know, you have a great personality. You're and I chose you as my friend because you're black. What? <laughs> Please tell me you're offended about both of these things. <laughs> this is actually tame compared to the last podcast. That's what they like. You you really just take it for what it is. Which what, what industry was it in? It was a, it was an insurance company. So you were hired because you were black, and how did you? And I would be offended by. Yeah. That. How would how did you react? Were you offended? Did you care? I didn't really care. At the, I was younger at the time, but I was like, I thought about it. I'm just like. So I'm like, do they really want me because they think I'm the best person for the job, or they like my personality, or whatever, or do they just see it me? It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or I was gonna say, do they just see me as like uh, a non-threatening black person who can appease to their their their, their checklist. checklist? At which point, I hope you pulled off your weave and said, "Oh hell no," because <laughs> that's what I would have done. <laughs> I just never wearing weaves until two years ago. Actually, okay. <laughs> look really good on you. Thank you. Pull out your hoop earrings. Put on my brass knuckles. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Soon you're going to be able to take deleted scenes from each podcast and just have the yes. most racist, offensive podcast. Like ever. when you say, "I'm not racist. I like Storm." Or whatever. I think oh, we proved that, bring that for up. the record that that is a completely valid argument. In fact, I sent it to the clip to Judge Judy, and she. Ruled uh, in, oh yeah, Okay, the last time we were talking about um, celebrities when they come out, like whether or not it tanks their career or whether or not it can make it go a lot better for them. Interesting that you said that. One of the things we talked about in the last podcast was the fact that in all the major sports leagues, there, there is not a single out 
gay player. That changed the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your point. Yeah. And and the thing that I thought was very interesting. Did it change after the podcast came out? Oh wow! I don't know. Yeah, we did it. Exactly, we did it. It was heard in Humber. But the thing is, what I find interesting about that particular case is what's the guy's name? Jason Collins. Jason Collins. He played basketball, right? Yeah, basketball. As far as I understand, he's not like a superstar young player. He's around 35-ish, and it wasn't a guarantee that he would be picked. I look at that and I'm like, hmm. Oh, you're raising a good point. You're not explaining it well, but you're raising a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Take take, take over, please. No, the issue is is that his contract had run out with his basketball team. So he was a free agent, which means that he can play again if someone signs him. That's when he decided to come out, when his contract had ended. So people were saying, oh, it was a stunt so that you know, you can't not take on the new, ga- newly gay Because player. otherwise, it's homophobic. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's bad. Publicity. But yeah. he hasn't signed a team, as far as I understand. No, I don't think so. So, I don't actually think it was a publicity stunt. I think it was a publicity stunt in the fact that he wanted people to be aware of who he was, since he wasn't gaining traction. But I don't think he was trying to blackmail anyone from... No, oh, no, I don't, I, use just, it, I don't think he was trying to use his gayness... Uh, to his advantage, I think he was just trying to drum up publicity for himself. True, and but I, and, and it was just using his gayness to. But his not advantage. not even to get on a team, just to kind of raise his profile. I don't and think by raising his profile, like uh, the, what I read, it, it, it's predicted by media analysts that within a year from now, he's going to have seven figure uh, publicity deals with various sponsors, yeah, which he would definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't have had based had on his not. ability beforehand. But right. what I want to just say is that if he was LeBron James, if LeBron James has come come out and said he was gay doesn't matter, you know, what orientation he was, they would have signed him because he's a great basketball player yeah, and he's still right. young. So, um, if no one signs him, I don't think it's because he's gay. It's based on his ability. Right. And if, and if they you do sign him and he gets marketing contracts and everything else, then it's he's fitting a niche and he's catering. And I think what he did is incredibly heroic, given that it will help other gay athletes come out. Although the reality is it heroic that he's at the you know, twilight of his yes. career? Uh, it may not be heroic in that sense, but the reality is if he can allow a whole slew of other athletes come out, I think that it is heroic. It, it was taking a risk, and it's something that needed to be done. Well, considering some of the tweets that came out afterwards, like condemning him and some very homophobic statements, he's taking a brunt. He's taking quite the beating. It's just weird how when a, a sports star does it, you know, it's taken one way, but like when a celebrity does it, like, you know, an actor or a musician, you know, it's taken like with such loving arms in a sense. As far as I know, no musician that's come out has received such a backlash for a, a coming out as gay. Well, there's you know? a little bit of a different situation there in that a lot of the sports figures, they're manly men and they're mm-hmm. catering to a different crowd. And then there's also the team camaraderie. So yeah. if one person suddenly comes out on the team, there's almost a betrayal within the team as well. Unless yeah. a lot of them knew and just accepted and didn't talk yeah, about it. Well, think of like all that like really backwards thinking with like, oh, if a kid comes out in gym when he's in high school, do they have to? Can they keep him in the same, the same change room, or yeah. do they have to move him to the girls' yeah, change room? Yeah, right? that same sort of yeah. But then problem. is that like? Then that just that's a different issue. That's just backwards thinking in a sense. You well, know, that's the thought process. I know, but it's stupid. But it, but it's that <laughs> and that it's that thought process that prevents them from coming out to begin with. Yeah. So then, to go back then, for you example, for Bryce, um, you don't work around people typically, right? But like, would <laughs> I can't. I have to be kept in a cave. You've, you've heard my personality, you know? It's like... Heard and seen it. Yes, no. Um, so, but still, like, would you find that it's more beneficial to you personally to be yourself and just let it come out naturally? Or do you tell people up front when they meet you, like, what's your process with them? I just think I, I'm one of my defining traits. I like to think is that I'm I myself all the time, love it or hate it. And 
and when it's when homosexuality is ready to come out, it comes out. I don't mm-hmm. bite my tongue. I wish I had the ability to think about what I'm going to say before, before I say, you it, say it, but I don't. I do. was not born <laughs> with that trait. So if I'm going to say I'm gay, even if you're a redneck from whatever Northwest Territories, I'm probably going to say it and have to have a spear duel with you. Okay, I'm going to go into racist stereotypes again. So, Evan, you can steal this one. <laughs> I want to meet the rednecks from the Northwest Territories. <laughs> with the spears. <laughs> I thought I said harpoon. (laughs) Anyway. Are they wailing there now? (laughs) Would you bring a boyfriend? So even if you're out, would you bring a boyfriend to a work function? Like Christmas party party or or something like that? Because then it's not just your immediate colleagues, it's the whole company. I would actually say in my last role, because I'd been there, or my last job rather, I'd been there for a good chunk of time and I developed relationships and pretty much everyone knew that I would. Whereas I just recently started in a new environment and uh, some of the people are learning this about me. So it wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable. And again, I'm going back to the, this is about my comfort level in bringing my partner into that at this stage. Mm-hmm. Whereas later on in life, yeah. Not even bringing him, like not even just like bringing him and introducing him as, as like, this Oh, this is, is just... my friend who's coming to a partnered event. Oh, uh, yeah. It's very... This is my cousin. <laughs> like the number of people that I've seen who they play that this is my friend and 10 years later they're still friends and they live together and you all know this, but they won't acknowledge they it. Won't say well, it. I have yeah. friends who do that, but don't say this is my friend. They just say like, oh, this is Bryce. And this is Bryce. And then everyone just like, you just leave they, everyone to assume yeah, what they to want assume. to assume. Right. For me personally, if I ever had a long-term relationship, <laughs> <laughs> this is a major hypothetical uh, part question. I know everyone is like, "Well, if I had someone, I hope you leave." Do it to escort count? Oh, I have. Only if they're well paid. I know, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty comfortable with. With me as a person, you know, and when, I, when I'm when i at work, people are very open about it. If you ask me questions, I won't tell you straight up, but if you ask but me a question... No. I've t- embraced that. Yeah, I'm like, I'll tell you, through. you know, because I'm like, I don't wear it on my sleeve and my forehead, you know. It's if you, not hidden. Yeah, exactly. So in that sense, I'm like, I would go. I would bring someone if I felt, you know, comfortable with them and I was we were dating or all that stuff, you know. Like, yeah. On previous jobs, there's usually rap parties, and I've definitely brought my partner that is male to those events. Right. Looking at you, Did Brad. you introduce him as your partner? <laughs> no, I introduced him as my boyfriend. Yeah. Who no, no, that's what I meant. Just as like... I'm not going to say this person's <laughs> name. <laughs> I think you can, by process of elimination, considering how many long-lasting relationships that I've had, you can probably figure that one out. Uh, I know. <laughs> In all the jobs that I've had, it's never been something that I've really wanted to bring my personal life that close into the workforce. So I've been... I've, I know that I could have brought you know, my male partner to these, like, after-work functions, but I just decide, you know, work is work. My life is somewhat outside of that. Sometimes that's actually nice for the partner, having been the partner that's brought to these events. Mm. It'd be nicer just to stay home. It is true. They're the worst and most <laughs> awkward. Events. I don't know. It's like free booze and free food, pretty much. All I gotta do is talk to people for a little bit. Oh, no, it's, I, I think... I'd do. <laughs> if you're social, then great. That's why you bring me, Evan. <laughs> you know, my coworkers don't need to know, like, everything about me, right? Yeah. So... And what they do know, they can find it on Facebook, probably. So, <laughs> do you keep? Do you tend to keep your personal life separate from your work life? Like, are the two separate enti- entities? Yeah. Unless, is that unless someone asks, or do you just keep it? Yeah, separate yeah. Like, if someone asks, like, like we said earlier, like if someone asks, I'd say yeah. And I mean, it's been on my resume, so the people who have hired me mm-hmm. have known more or less. But it, 
you know, it's not something that I will bring up voluntarily. Right. So I'll take this to a slightly different place, but it's still a work environment with the whole don't ask, don't tell repeal. That's actually something that you can liken to this situation if you mm. feel that you almost have to actively work for that eight hour period during the day or however long your shifts are. You're actively concealing a whole part of your life that you're not bringing to the table. That is actually tiring and exhausting and almost not fair to you. Well, I, I wouldn't use it concealing. Like, I wouldn't hide it. So if someone wanted to know and we were talking about it, I'd be like, yeah, you know, well, well me and my partner did this and that. But, you know, work is, to me, work. Yeah. There's another danger to, to bringing your partner to a function, a work function, and that's that you can't hit on anybody while you're there. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You that's always want to hit on your coworkers. <laughs> my, this is why we're all single here. <laughs> if, if we're here, if we're if we're all about reinforcing gay stereotypes, right? Don't bring sand to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should actually add um, homosexuality as a box to check, like when you apply for a job. Definitely, as a white guy, I agree. Just because I always <laughs> feel like I have a leg down. So the current company that I'm with, they actually do have a questionnaire on that, and you can leave it blank, and I chose to leave it blank. Oh. If you don't fill it out, do you think they assume that you're white and boring? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> well sorry, I just meant to say white. <laughs> what, if you, what if you tick one of those, and then you show up, and you are white and boring? <laughs> That's pretty but bad. HR people might not piece it together, though, so it might have got yeah. you in That's the official true. door. Yeah, like, oh my God. Through the first layer. Actually, and you know it, what? I have and you could just say it was an accident. Well, usually they're anonymous. Do you curb the way you dress? to not show off your your sexuality. I don't know, it's it's weird. Like, do you dress gay? Like, is that even a I'm thing I'm with anymore? Because look at, like, metrosexuals. You have not met me on a casual Friday, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, like, metrosexuals is, like, a big thing, right? In Toronto, like, everyone's dressing... Yeah, you know, yeah metros, well, like, hipsters and everything, right? So this comes down to personal style and then mm. how you feel about dressing how you want at work. If your personal style is still a little bit more out there but you understand the work environment that you're in, it might not necessarily be... I don't want to dress too gay, but it's it's still a conservative environment, so you have to kind of respect the rules that are in place there. I think in I think in a big city, the definition of what is a gay wardrobe is quite different than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless there's yeah. a rainbow, anyone's and like skinny so. green jeans or something. Everyone's like that. wearing skinny green yeah. jeans. Yeah. Well, I can't say I have them. So. <laughs> you actually do have, have skinny them? green jeans. Yeah. Wow. Jean- oh, I have skinny pants. Well, skinny is one thing, but yeah. skinny in the like, right, no, when, you, when you go outside the conventional colors of you know black and blue, whatever I call that style. And there's some very stylish straight men who do not have any problem dressing well. Yeah, so you find out that they're gay later, <laughs> or that you, you can dream. That, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. <laughs> Alright guys, that's all we have time for on this edition of 30 Minutes of Pride. I know there was a lot more to discuss, but 30 minutes goes by so quickly, so I'd like to thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for your contributions and your thoughts. If you want to be part of the conversation or have a topic that you would like to discuss, email us at 30minutesofpride at gmail.com or tweet us at 30minutesofpride. I'm your host, Jamie Balligan, and we'll see you next time. Take care.